This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a podcast from Joy's jazz show, Bent Notes. Tune in live each Sunday night at joy.org.au. My special guests on Bent Notes are two musicians who are active entertainers around Melbourne. One is a prolific jazz guitarist and composer inspired by the great American songbook and the director of a number of different jazz projects. The other is one of Melbourne's fabulous jazz singers who is also a composer and whose voice has been described as sparkling like antique diamonds, clear and true. It's my pleasure to welcome two Bent Notes, Mark Morand and Jennifer Salisbury. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having us. Hi, David. It's a pleasure to have you. And Jennifer, welcome back because you've been here before. And Mark, welcome to the studios of Joy 94.9. It's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you for having us. Mark, when did you get introduced to the music of the great American songbook? Yeah, well, it would have been uh, in my 20s listening to another Melbourne uh, radio station, actually, uh, uh, 3PBS on a Saturday. Uh, So that's how long they've been playing jazz on a Saturday because that was in the 1980s. And uh, I vividly remember um, hearing some songs. So I was playing in a ska band at the time uh, and then a reggae band and then a sort of an alt pop funk kind of punk band. But for some reason the radio came came on on a Saturday and I was listening to the jazz show and I heard some songs that uh, captivated my heart. There was something about the melodies and the harmonies and the lyrics that just was so magical that I couldn't resist it. And so ever since then, uh, I've been doing more and more of that and less and less of the other. Uh, so a long time ago is the short answer. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you'd been playing quite different Types of music. Yeah. So all of my friends were uh, into Joy Division and The Cure, those sort of uh, 1980s uh, sort of alt bands. I was in a ska band listening to The Specials and Madness and so forth. I did have a musical education in high school, so I'd I'd studied classical music in high school. We had a family record store. I don't know if any of your listeners know what that is, but we had a record store. Had access to a lot of music uh, from uh, from the record store, and my parents were dance teachers, so there was a lot of music uh, sort of swarming around my mind. But this music, as I say, was especially captivating because of the the layering of more complex harmony than you'll get in your standard Joy Division tune, more complex uh, melodies and lyrics that spoke to me the, the way they speak to a lot of people. Where did your love of the guitar come from? Yeah, so uh, my first musical instrument was the bassoon. Really? Uh, and the reason that it was my first instrument was because it was the last one left on the shelf oh, at, the, right. at the high school. We got there late and that was all that was left. But it was useful in a way because I learned the bass clef and uh, I played in the orchestra, school orchestra and so forth. There was a guitar lying around the house that uh, belonged to my elder brother and uh, it came to me and I started messing around with it when I was about 16. I've never had a lesson I'm entirely self-taught as a guitarist, but I do have a degree in music, uh, so I understand what's going on. But I have my own approach. Nothing wrong with your own approach. What happened to the bassoon? Yeah, well, I never actually owned one. Uh, We didn't have the the money in our family to actually buy one, and so it fell away. 
after I finished high school. But happily, uh, the fingering for the bassoon is the same as the fingering for the saxophones. And uh, my housemate had a saxophone, so I picked up the sax for a few years, and that was helpful in terms of learning how to arrange for horns. So you were playing sax while you were also playing guitar? Yes. Uh, so back in the day, I was a saxophonist and a pianist and a drummer as well as a guitarist. A bit of everything. Was the piano mm. through family? No, self-taught no? as oh. an adult. Yeah. Wow, mm. amazing. That's a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of concentration on doing the right thing, to sit down and actually practice. Yeah, well, it felt like the right thing to do. And once you're studying at university level, if you haven't got your hands around a piano, you're going to struggle anyway. So uh, that was when I started playing the piano. Why is it important, why do you think it's important to create and share new music of the style of the Great American Songbook? It's a question I've asked myself many times. (laughs) (laughs) A good idea at the time. (laughs) I think for me it was like, what direction do I want to go in now? I have a love of this music. I feel like I've got a lot of melodies and harmonies jangling around in my mind. Maybe it's time I explored whether they're actually there or not. So I'm going to try and write some of them down. And where I've landed is uh, I've concluded that there are more songs to be written in that style. There are more beautiful melodies, uh, lovely sets of lyrics, interesting harmonic shifts to be done. Just have to dig around a bit to uh, to get them out of your out of your mind and down onto the page. And once down, I feel like it's a celebration of that style of music. I'm extremely inspired by Yohogi Carmichael, Irving Berlin, Jerome Kern, Cole Porter. They inspire me to uh, to uh, follow in their footsteps and try and write some songs in their style. So that's what we're doing, and we're going to do 32 of them. Uh, we're up number. to number 13. And Jennifer, of course, uh, has been with me on this project since the the first sort of thought came into my mind. We were playing together in various ensembles. Uh, I asked her whether she'd like to sing an original song. Happily, she said yes. And now we're up to, uh, well, on Sunday, a week from tonight, Jen will be singing the fifth uh, original song uh, that I've written so far. Jennifer, when did you start singing this style of music? Oh, it would have been with Dr. Krask and his swinging elixir all those years ago. I think it would have been eight years ago now, I think. I think we had you in chatting about that about five years ago. Yeah, yeah. I think you were performing at Eltham maybe? Yeah, that's right, the Eltham Jazz Festival. I've always listened to it and loved it and sung along with this style of music at home and, yeah, connected with the lyrics and the emotion that comes through. But building up the courage to actually have a go and sing, that's a whole other story. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed it is. Yeah. (laughs) But you do it so well. Thank you. (laughs) You've been involved with 32 Bars, the new – well, it's been been around for a couple of years, I think. Actually, uh, we'll celebrate uh, the release of – the first song was released three years ago in November. Yeah. So three years is a reasonable amount of time to be involved in a project. And you've been around since the the start of it. Yeah. Have you seen the – the enthusiasm for this project grow as you've dealt with with the audience and with other musicians? And yeah, absolutely. So we actually um, did a show at the Nightcat last month and it was chock full of 
20-something-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and younger, and they absolutely loved it. They are on the dance floor and boogieing away. Oh, and, fantastic. And that was really special for us to see, you know, the current generation connecting once again with this genre, the jazz genre. Yeah, and Mark's original tunes, obviously, yeah. I reckon we should have a listen to some before we chat a little bit more specifically about 32 Bars. I reckon something called You Fell In Love With Me, which... Jennifer, I think it's you singing it. Yes, absolutely. It is indeed. Is there a particular story behind this one, Mark? There is a story. Without giving too much away about the the shape of 32 Bars, the song was filmed and recorded live at a nightclub called The Firefly, which uh, didn't survive COVID, sadly. It's in St Kilda. Uh, we had planned to uh, record and film this song actually at a different venue and the venue suddenly became unavailable about 48 hours out. Uh, and we also lost our drummer about the same time. Oh. Uh, uh, the wonderful Holly Norman uh, was about nine and a half months pregnant and uh, just decided that actually I don't think I can do this. Uh, but she found another drummer for us, uh, the wonderful Alex Roper. And so when we arrived at the Firefly, we'd arrived at a different venue with a different drummer to play a song that nobody had ever played before. <laughs> and what we do is we just walk into the room and we set up the gear and we rehearse the song until we're ready. And then we play it, film it, and it's done. What a great way to do mm. it. That's the way the originals were done. Mm. One take. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Let's have a listen to You Fell In Love With Me from the 32 Bars Project. Just how wrong it could be You're listening to a podcast from Bent Notes. Find more podcasts and show blogs at joy.org.au. My guests on Bent Notes are vocalist uh, Jen Salisbury and guitarist and composer Mark Moran. You're listening to Joy 94.9. Mark and Jennifer are here in the studio to have a chat about 32 Bars. It's the name of a major project that's been set in motion three years ago by Mark. What was it that inspired you to kick this particular project off in this style? And maybe just tell us briefly about the number of 32s that appear throughout this project. Yeah. And the number 100, I think, as well. That's right. Well, I think the, the first thing that happened was I thought to myself, I think I want to do something bigger than just a song or an album. I want to involve a lot of people. I want to involve the, uh, the local music industry, and I want to set myself a challenge. I woke up in a fevered dream one night uh, with um, this thing of 32 bars uh, because it has two meanings. A jazz musician understands 32 bars to be the standard form of a standard song. When we play jazz music, we play it in bars where you go to have a drink. And so why not uh, set yourself a challenge of writing 32 songs and play them in 32 bars in 32 bars? So that's the premise of the project. And it may take a few more years, yeah. Uh, Hopefully not 32. <laughs> <laughs> we're averaging about three or four per year. Uh, there's a fair bit that has to be done because um, we have to organise musicians, have to find a venue who wants to uh, cooperate with us. The song has to be written and arranged. All of the ducks have to line up and go quack at the same time. Uh, and so we've done about – so we've we've filmed 10 
We've composed and performed 12. We'll be debuting the 13th next Sunday. I reckon 2025, maybe 2026, and we'll nail it. And I think by then we'll have uh, engaged about 100 musicians, is my expectation. What a great thing to do to get that many people involved. Jennifer, the videos on YouTube give the distinct impression that you're having a lot of fun. Oh, Mark's songs are just so much fun. Like the lyrics are happy, frivolous, crazy, pure joy, basically. So you can't sing them with a straight face or a sad face, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And do you reckon that they are of the quality that will get into the great Australian song? Yes, well, we had a discussion about this, Mark and I, because we're trying to, how can we pitch these new old songs as something that's contemporary at the same time that um, contemporary jazz listeners would be interested in engaging with. And, yeah, like the, the Australian the, the Australian songbook was one spin that we were thinking about. So, yeah. I've certainly mm. had a listen to each. I looked at the videos on, on YouTube for each of them and I've certainly enjoyed each and every one. And as I was listening, I was thinking, well, we run off the names of the big composers, the Rogers and Hammersteins, you've got the Duke Ellingtons, you've got the uh, the Cole Porters, and now you've got the Mark Morans. And I think they all sit in the same same sentence. <laughs> Probably a bit cheeky uh, to, to, to take it down that road, but that's certainly where the inspiration is. Uh, I think to put it slightly differently, what would be delightful is for somebody somewhere to hear one of these songs and think that they would like to cover it, right? And then, yes. because that's the journey it takes to become a standard is that other people want to play them as well. Uh, so we're waiting for that to happen. You are performing the first 10, you said, yeah, so next Sunday night? Next Sunday is our third ever live show because the, the project actually wasn't conceived as a live project in, uh, originally. Oh, right. Um, but COVID and all the rest of it and some serendipity along the way so like, okay, there's an opportunity. We had a relationship with Paris Cat through some other projects that I had. Opportunity came up. So I sort of said to some of the musos uh, and the three vocalists, do you want to do it? Yep, let's do it. Then it was COVID cancelled three times. And in the end, uh, Jen was COVID cancelled on the night. because uh, So a lot, of, a lot of complexity there. But yes, so we're now in the swing of doing the project live as well. This will be our third performance and we'll be performing 12, sorry, 13 original songs, 10 of which have been uh, recorded and filmed, two of which have been performed before, and one of which, the 13th one, is a brand-new debut song for that night. And Jennifer will be singing that song. It's called uh, The Road to You. Oh, lovely. I like the title. That's next week. You've got a seven-piece show band. Who are the three vocalists? Jennifer obviously is one of them. Mm-hmm. Who else have we got? Yeah, so the three vocalists are Jennifer Salisbury, Yvette Hearn, and Susie Hull. Yvette Hearn will be known to some of your listeners as the vocalist from the Northside Jazz Orchestra, which is a project that I was involved in until COVID. It's a little bit difficult to get a 20-piece orchestra back together post-COVID, so that project's in hibernation but Yvette is a sensational vocalist and sings uh, with that band. And Susie Hull will be known to your listeners as the vocalist from the Slip Dixies, among other projects. Sensational vocalist, also a flutist, uh, saxophonist and pianist. Now, Susie will actually uh, not be at the show next Sunday because she'll be out of the state. So it's exciting to let people know that we'll be uh, having a guest spot from Yvette Johansson. Oh, fantastic. Uh, to take Susie's place. That's yeah. great to hear. Mm. The latest piece from a video perspective is called Sprinkle on the Cake, which is one of yours, Jen. 
another song that you get to sing from the pen of Mark Morand. It is a lovely tune. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You certainly looked as if you were having great fun up on, on stage. I think it's deserving of a place in the Australian songbook. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's just, it's really fun. Like, it's like a Cole Porter tune, you know. It's like You're the Top, but with desserts, just naming different <laughs> amazing, delicious desserts. So it's a song that everyone can relate to and all those tasty treats. <laughs> and, and, and you made comment before that the audience were enjoying it immensely. Obviously, up on stage, you can see them all. They weren't just sitting there going quiet. They were going mad. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that great to hear? Yeah, yeah, absolutely sensational. We can't wait to get out there um, with more contemporary um, young audiences and share the music. Of course, we want to share it with everybody, but yeah. And being up there on stage and seeing that response must give you some great confidence about the next step, the next 13 after this first 13. Yeah, so for me, oh, thanks for reminding me, actually, I should also mention uh, we've released a DVD of the first 10 because they're in the can, uh, and so you can actually have that as a product, physical product. don't know whether people uh, have physical products anymore. <laughs> we don't have any in this room, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but we thought, sort of thought, well, if we're going to be doing music that's inspired by the 20th century, then let's, let's at least have a physical product to go with it. And it's got a beautiful 10-page uh, booklet with uh, photos and stories of the songs. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so that's worth mentioning. And it's always interesting to know the story behind the song. Mm. Yeah, and each one of them does have a story. And now I've forgotten the question you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I need to say a big thank you for coming to the studio tonight and spending your valuable time with us. It's great to have you here. I trust that next Sunday night will be a great night of great music and I have no doubt the audience will be extremely appreciative. Thanks so Thanks, much for having us, David. You. For more details, of course, go to pariscat.com.au and have a look at next Sunday night, which is July 3. And I reckon it's time to have a listen to that latest piece, Sprinkle on the Cake. Story behind this one, Mark? Yes, well, uh, it is true that uh, Jennifer and I also have our Cole Porter show. We both love Cole Porter. And it is true that it's uh, it's a little bit influenced by or inspired by Cole Porter's song, You're the Top, which uh, lists all of the ways in which uh, the, the target of the, the singer uh, admires, you know, that person. Uh, so this song is about comparing the love of your life with uh, your favourite desserts, which uh, I'm certainly guilty of <laughs> <laughs> from time to time. There were some uh, very nice desserts mentioned. <laughs> And uh, it's a it's a bit of a it, uh, it's fair to say that uh, getting all of those desserts to rhyme uh, took some time, <laughs> <laughs> and you've just done it there straight off the top. Again, thank you both for dropping in. Let's have a listen to another piece from the Thirty Two Bars Project, featuring Jennifer Salisbury as our lead vocalist. It's called Sprinkle on the Cake. My guests on Bent Notes have been vocalist Jen Salisbury and guitarist and composer Mark Moran. You're listening to Joy ninety four point nine. You're the sprinkle on the cake You're gelati by the lake You're the one I always think of Whether sleeping or awake You've been listening to a podcast from Bent Notes Join us live each Sunday night on Joy 94.9 Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.